and welcome to episode 37 of Taker Points. I'm your host, uh, Ronan Scott. On this week's show, I've got three guests. Connor Glass from Derry, who has returned from the AFL and was playing with uh, the Oakleavers this year. Um, Finula Carr is on to talk about her recent column about equality in camogie and ladies football. And former Antrim goalkeeper Sean McGreevy is here to chat about the Ulster Championship so far, what he thinks of Antrim and what he thinks about Lenny Harbinson's uh, departure. So let's get started. So first, I'd like to welcome Connor Glass to the show. Uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Connor. Um, so, just to start, how long has it been since you've returned from Australia, and how have you enjoyed settling back in to playing football? Well, Ron, how's it going? Um, yeah, it's been three weeks since I've been back. It's three or four weeks now, so um, I'm well settled in at home. Um, I'm definitely enjoying being back, but um, I think it's some of the restrictions of lifting in Melbourne. So a lot of my friends are going out. Um, have a bit of freedom whereas I'm locked down still so that's the only bad thing about it but yeah definitely enjoy me back playing Gillick and spending time with family and friends. Okay so you returned home from playing in the AFL and I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about your decision to to do that. More the decision to turn home was a mutual decision between me and the club. Um, I think it was best for me to return home and pursue my Gillick career and go back to university um, with just the whole unknowns of the future with the AFL and um, with COVID and everything like that. Um, so it was obviously, as you can imagine, it was a difficult decision. Um, but me and the manager and um, manager of Hawthorne, Clarko and a few others, uh, yeah, thought it was the best decision for me to go home and pursue Gaelic. Was the experience of playing over there everything you hoped it would be? Uh, it was definitely everything I've hoped for and uh, even more. Uh, probably going out there at 18, um, I was going out there just purely for the performance side and playing professional sport. But looking back on it now, it's all the experiences of meeting different people, uh, living with myself, fending myself, um, and all the travel I got done now um, that I got to do um, with with the sport. Um, it's something to look back on, and I was very lucky to be in that situation. And yeah, as I said before, it's everything I'd hoped for. And I'm wondering now that you're home, and then we've we've had Conor McKenna from Trone home as well. Do you think that uh, uh, Irish athletes will continue to go out to the AFL? Yeah, if I'm 100 for it, if uh, a Gaelic, a young Gaelic player gets a chance to go over and pursue the AFL, um, I say go for it 100. Um, you can ask any of the Gaelic players that have been out there previously, um, and none of them regret it. So, as I mentioned before like not only performance side of it and pushing yourself to try to get the best out of yourself but the life experiences you get um from being in the afl system and moving abroad is um i feel like more superior than what you'd get if you're staying at home and going to university in belfast or wherever that is what what have you thought of this year's ulster championship you dare but one game and loss in ulster um but what did you learn about joining the setup yeah, it was actually it was a weird one. Uh, the Ulster Championship this year, um, especially for me because um, I felt like I was very rushed, rushed into it. Like so, the first week I was back, I was back training for Darien. Um, yeah, it's changed a bit since I last left, obviously, and with the whole COVID thing being a knockout stage, it put the um, price on the performance a lot, a lot more. Um, but I felt like. We have a pretty young team and we have a new management group, new backroom staff, so um, we should 
good signs in the game. Obviously, it's disappointing not to get results against Armagh, but um, I'm sure people watching saw some good signs, especially in the second half. So um, it's a building block, and hopefully we can push on from there and get a good preseason this year and uh, yeah, tackle 2021 um, yeah, very strongly. Uh, have you noticed much differences to the way the Gaelic football has played now since when you left? Uh, yes, as I mentioned before, it's changed a lot since I last played. So I would have last played with school football um, for some pads and maybe even minor under 21. So um, that was the highest I kind of got to. Um, so going straight into a county setup when you have the best of the best playing for each county. Um, it's obviously a lot more difficult. Um, and then the whole different tactics of um, Gaelic football now has changed dramatically over the past five years. So. As you can imagine, I find that pretty difficult coming into the system and um, learning yeah, where I fit in the team and uh, trying to hone in on my craft. So that's probably something I'll focus on in the next coming months, whether it be physically, mentally or uh, tactically. Yeah, it's just um, something I'm going to have to catch up on because I've missed out on it the past five years. What do you think uh, Derry's potential is going forward? The potential for Derry is massive at the minute. Um, as I said before, we have a very young team and a new whole new setup really and a lot of there's a good there's especially over the last three weeks that I've noticed there's a lot of good vibes around the place and um, a lot of good chemistry so um, there's no reason why we can't push on the next couple of years um, we're in division three at the minute and that shouldn't reflect on um, where we're at as a team I feel like we should be pushing for division one um, like we held it up to our man there recently got promoted to division one so um, with a group of boys we have now if we can all stick together and uh, buy into the system and buy into the county playing for the county um, there's no reason why we can't push and um, play against the better teams like Dublin and Kerry um, because I know on our good days we can put it up to those teams Okay so how would you call this weekend's championship? Um, look, Donegal obviously look very strong so um, especially playing I've just watched them over the past couple of weeks and their win against Throne looked um, pretty impressive um, but then also Armagh got promoted to Division 1 and they obviously put it past us the weekend so um, it's going to be a tight battle it depends on the weather conditions also but um, yeah I'm going to tip Donegal because um, yeah they seem to be lighting up over the past month or so um, not, not even in Championship but in, uh, in the league as well so yeah I'll go for Donegal Connor, thanks for taking part Thanks for having me Our next guest is Fanula Carr. Uh, recently, Fanula wrote a column about equality in ladies' football in Camogie, and she felt that perhaps um, Camogie and ladies' football athletes aren't playing just are playing for the love of it when really they should be getting um, you know more respect. Um, they're they're losing time and money. So I wanted Fanula to come on to talk about that. So Fanula, thanks for coming on. Um, I wanted to interview about just this recent column you had, and so I wonder could you tell me what inspired that piece? About two weeks ago, the women's GPA released a report that showed um, called Leveling Playing Field. It just gave a couple of stats regarding where female intercounty players are compared to male intercounty players. Um, a lot of the things that were discussed were probably basic standards that most people outside of the games would maybe assume that, you know, we probably get traveling expenses for traveling to training and um, we wouldn't be out of pocket, at least for, for playing camogie or ladies football. And I think 
this the report showed the stark reality of what it is to be a, a female inter county player. Um, I think it's only six or seven percent of people of players get travelling expenses um, from their county boards. About sixty percent of them, sixty nine percent pay it towards their own gym costs. Sixty um, percent pay it towards recovery costs, and then there's over fifty percent pay it towards medical costs, and that will include physio and operations or anything that involves coming back from an injury. Um, I just don't think that people realise the cost that was involved in playing in female sport. And then, you know, the report generated a lot of um, news coverage. A lot of people were, you know, talking about it and, and saying that it wasn't acceptable and that basic expenses were the way forward. But the column that I wrote just sort of identified or, you know, give a bit of feedback to readers that shows the stark reality of what it's like is to be a, a female under county player. One of the points you made was that players were taking part are out of pocket, out of money, um, and it's costing them too much to play. Uh, how serious do you think this situation is? I don't think that money is a very t um, touchy subject for people. Like It's an amateur sport, but I don't believe that players should be out of, out of pocket and substantially out of pocket. There was one reporter for a girl who, who lived in Dublin and travelled to her county training three times a week. And over this course of probably in a nine to ten year period, a cost of fifty thousand euro to do so. Like you're playing intercounty sport at a time when you're getting your education, you're getting into full time job, you're you're trying to buy a house, you're trying to create a living for yourself. And if you have fifty thousand euro set aside to go and play for your county it means that you can't get your deposit you know you can't put money towards savings you can't buy your new car all of your extra money or your surplus money each month is going to pay for your travel expenses to get to county training and i just don't think it's it's right or it's fair Um, i'm not saying that we should be getting out of the pot that the men are getting i'm not saying that we should be taken away from their Money, but I do think that there should be more done in order to support female inter county players and so that they're not out of pocket. And has anybody stopped playing because of that? I personally don't know anyone that stopped playing with money being their main reason to stop playing. Some people just can't give commitment. Um, I do think that it probably influences people a lot more than we realise. Uh, I know when, like, even going back to whenever I was a student or we're traveling in cars, like, you're putting five pounds worth of diesel or petrol in your car hoping that it'll get you to county training and back down the road again like you're really scrimping and saving in order to get to your training um i think there's probably more reality in for a lot of other people that they haven't been able to afford to keep playing i don't know it's not as prevalent in the men's game because they get their expenses and you know they're well looked after and well covered um i just personally don't know of anyone in the piece you mentioned that uh, the Down County Board hadn't invited ladies footballers or camogues to a jersey launch defence, well, how frustrating was that for you? Yeah, I had included, um, outside of the expenses and the, and the levelling of the field report, I had included like a small example of the recent Down GAA new kit launch. Um, the jerseys are sponsored by EOS um, Solutions and they've been joint sponsors for Down for a number of years now, um, it was the first of its kind sponsorship deal whereby the ladies footballers, the 
camogie team, the hurlers and the footballers were all under the one sponsorship branch. It was it was a sign of things moving together, moving forward together um, for all players within the county. And, you know, it might seem like such a small thing for a lot of people and a lot of people might be rolling their eyes thinking, oh, here's Fanula Car or another camogie player or another ladies footballer giving out again that they don't have they haven't been got their photograph in the paper and it's not really about that if we were equal or if we were respected for being inter-county players for down i think that we should have been asked to be at the launch we have the same sponsor they are very generous in their sponsorship towards down camogie in the last couple of years the ladies footballers and the camogues have been the most successful teams at the business end of the year and the ladies footballers won the intermediate all ireland in 2014 we won the premier junior we've also won the last two ulster finals we have been in an all-ireland final and we have been in an all-ireland semi-final last year we are putting in the same time and effort and commitment as every other player that plays inter-county and down and it was seen that it was okay that it was just the men that launches this jersey so small things in order to try and raise standards and create awareness and be equal well if we are equal then we should have been there modeling the jersey in the same way that the county footballers and hurlers were can i ask why do you think that ladies camogues ladies footballers do not get enough respect i think when you're talking about um equality and respect and you know me female players not getting the same amount I don't think female players have been given the same opportunities that men have been given over the years. And, you know, I'm not talking about current generations. You're going back generations and decades of investment and time and money being put into men's sport because women were seen as second class citizens. The world has changed and is continuing to change. And one of the biggest part of it is that we were happy to accept you know, just getting on with things and not creating any fuss or not creating any dramas where we have to now take the stand whereby this is not acceptable and highlighting the differences between the two sports and the opportunities that are given to one sport more than the other. Like, I think it was only last weekend that there was the t all the main newspapers in the south of Ireland and it was maybe 20 pages of sport between on each of them and not one report or preview for a female inter-county game and like at this time of year with COVID and everything you know there's more than enough opportunity to to fill column pages and column inches and getting the information out there to people it takes one photograph it takes one snapchat or snapshot of an action point in a game and it's not hard to put it on the paper and um, I think that we will continue to have to fight and not stand up for ourselves and demand that this the things that have happened in the past aren't going to be acceptable in the future. And it's not that it's not that families or clubs see their the girls as, as any less anymore. You know, we have the same in Clinduff we have the same access to the field and the facilities and the pitches and we're full fully members of the club, regardless if we play camogie or hurling or football or ladies football. But I just think that whenever it's coming to exposure and awareness and opportunities that we have to stop accepting things that happened in the past and start taking a stand and making things better for ourselves. And like that also means continuing to improve as players. You know, 
putting more time into their training. You know, a lot of camogie players and ladies footballers now are using a lot of strength and conditioning. They're better athletes, they're stronger, they're fitter, faster, and their skill development is exactly the same as a hurler. So we have to continue to improve our players. We have to improve our games, give people, you know, the opportunity to watch them, but let the people that are watching also enjoy them seeing them for what they are you know you're not comparing a camogie game and a hurling game you're appreciating the female athletes and players as female players and you're appreciating the men in the exact same way and what do you think would happen if the ladies footballers and the camogues would would get more respect how would that affect the association i think if women were to get the same respect as men i think the games would continue to flourish and grow um the, the games would become better and the opportunities would be there for, for female players. It would also encourage more young girls to want to play and to play multiple sports. There is an opportunity in, in the camogie and the ladies football to, to have dual players and the more people that we can see on the, in the paper on giving them the role model or wanting to be the next like Neve Kilkenny or Saoirse Noonan who is um, he scored two goals for Cork and Cork City there at the weekend, wanting to be the next Neve Mallon or Sir Louise Carr and giving them someone who they want to aspire to. I think it'll only improve participation numbers, game development, player development and it'll make us better athletes and players as a result. Well, that's great. Thanks for your time. Our next guest is Sean McGreevy, the former Antrim goalkeeper. I've asked Sean to come on to talk about the Ulster Championship. Hi, Roland. Thanks for having me on the show. Sean, to start, I wanted to ask you about your county, Antrim. Um, knocked out at the weekend there, but what did you think of the performance or the good and bad points? Yeah, just looking at the, the Antrim game um, and, and the positives, I think there's positives certainly to take out of it. Um, I think if you base it on the mindset uh, going into the game, there was probably a lot of um, deflation, obviously, coming off not getting promoted. And I know with that mindset, when you're going in um, to Ulster Championship from uh, still being in Division 4 and not coming out of it, there's no real momentum there. And it's very, very difficult for the guys to um, to lift themselves. But I think Lenny and the backroom team did a great job to lift the guys. Um, they certainly put it up to Cavan. Uh, Cavan didn't have it easy. Obviously, they stretched away a bit in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes. But I think right to the end, there was... There was always that sneaking possibility if Antrim could have got something, they, they could have um, rallied right to the death and made it difficult for Cavan. Um, Cavan just always seemed to have them at arm's length once they got in front. Um, but I think in terms of the, the, the you know certain players' performances, I think you have to look at the likes of some of the old hands, um, the likes of Paddy, Paddy Cunningham, um, Kevin O'Boyle, Mick McCann, I thought were all outstanding um, and a great example to, to the other guys in the team. Um, it was always going to be difficult, as I say, but um, I think the fact that Antrim battled, um, they kept battling, they had a very good sort of game plan going in. It was obvious that Lenny had set them up um, to be defensive, um, which in fairness is, is all you could expect. Um, you know, you, you sort of have to keep yourself in the game at this point when you're Antrim and, you know, try and try and hit teams on the counter and get scores. And it's always going to be a bit of a dogfight, but I think... Um, Antrim set themselves out really well and, you know, had good discipline throughout and, you know, took the, in the first half, I think, especially showed that they, they, they can live with it, with, with teams above them. 
Um, but you know, it's just unfortunate as games go on, usually you find the better teams comes through at some point, or it can be simply a bit of misfortune or a bit of luck. Um, obviously, if Paddy Gallagher had been able to hit the net, it would have been a different perspective. Um, you know, but chances like that are few and far between. And you know, in a way, with no disrespect to Paddy, I thought he had a great game as well. Um, but if a forward had had that, um, I suppose keeping speaking from a keeper's point of view, um, you like them sort of shots that are hit straight at your, you know, that you're hip heighting above. But a forward, a natural forward, maybe would have tucked that into the corner or at least kept it low to make the keeper um the work to get to the ground. So, you know, you can't fault Paddy. I think it was a great build up. He done well. Um, he made a great run and and deserved to have the shot at the end of it. It was just unfortunate that that, that he couldn't put it away. But I think at the end of the day, um. Yeah, I think you have to look at, at overall the, the the performance given and the effort given by the players after you know the National League campaign was was excellent and um I think going forward they have to look at that and, and even though it was a defeat they have to take that and see it as a, as a, as a starting point again and um, you know as far as Division Four goes next year Antrim have have loads of quality there and you know it has been the case for for many years that the quality is always there. A lot of the time it's the mindset um, and the belief in the players. But I think if they can take that and, and the guys that are going to be on the squad next year, um, hopefully all the, all the guys that are there now are still there. Um, I'm sure there's going to be one or two additions. But if they can keep that, that team together, I'm sure there's a great work ethic within that squad. And certainly the momentum can be there to, to go into Division 4 positively next year and build on it. Um, I suppose the downsides, if you're going to look at it um, in, in the whole... Um, you know, there were chances to win the game and a lot of people will say, I've spoken to quite a few people about it, a lot of people will say Antrim should have thrown it away. Um, and you could say that they've thrown it away in, in, in one respect, but I think, you know, Cavan can also look at, at, at their performance and, and know that they played low par. I mean, if you're coming off beating Monaghan, who are um, at this point probably a top 10 team, you know, there's different momentum levels. I suppose the Cavan boys would have looked at Antrim and thought, well, this team's coming off a, a poor Division 4. Still, you know, heads will probably be down. So, you know, in 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 their heads, probably they were thinking it was going to be a, a bit easier than it was. So, again, that's respect to Antrim in, in, in the mindset going into the match. Um, and they're willing to fight to the end, willingness to fight to the end there. So, um. But as I say, in terms of um, things that could have been done better, you know, simple mistakes probably like um, overplaying ball sometimes and um, running into to two men when the, the pass was maybe on. Um, shot selection at times, I think as the game went on, Antrim's shot selection sort of, you know, became a bit sort of uh, unclear, or, you know, not, not they weren't in the right zone um, or the right men uh, for, the sh for the shot to be taken. So... You know, there's there's them sort of things, but again, a lot of that comes with um, with with game time and, and experience and, and how to see out a game and um, you know the options. So, you know, I, th I think in the whole, it, it was a good performance by Andrew, and it's something to build on. Um, there's simple things can't be taken out of it to improve on, but um, I think in general, um, you know, Andrew should look at this as a, as a positive and, and try and build on it. The news this week, Sean, was that Lenny Harbinson um has left as manager of Andrew. I wonder how what sort of effect that'll have next year, and what what do you think will improve on from this year' performance? Because it was there was a positives in the in the result against Cavan. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of Lenny's um, departure, um, 
yeah, it's it's. I don't see it as a major surprise. Uh, um, you know, I, I suppose if most people would probably have thought if if um if the team didn't get out of Division Four this year and and there wasn't some sort of a championship run, which was going to be very difficult given the circumstances of of no backdoor and stuff. Um, I you know it doesn't surprise me that Lenny's made the decision to move on and and let somebody else take the reins. Um, it's it's very difficult, I suppose, for any other manager coming in. You know, if if you don't take the team out of Division Four. Um, you know, I think that's that's the big expectation every year. Um, because I think automatically, you're not going to build if you don't take a team out of four. It's, it's very very difficult to to then get a run in the championship. I know, I know from being in that position um, as an Antrim player in Division Four for for several years. And you know, once you go in the championship, um, if there's no momentum there, uh, with that boost of being out of Division Four and feeling like you're you're a higher ranked team in Division Three. Your confidence is low right away, and and obviously most times when you're playing for Antrim, you're you're playing against a, a team in Division One, Two, or Three of the National League, so you're always underdogs getting into the Championship. So it's always very very difficult for Antrim, and um, if you're not out of Division Four, then the Championship just becomes, you know, a lot of players. I I remember feeling felt they were beat before they even went into the Championship game, um. You know, so I do. I do feel for Lenny in the backroom team. I know from talking to a lot of the guys over the last couple of years that his attention to detail was top notch. Um, you know, and the work rate and the hours they were putting in was, you know, they weren't ever doing any less work than any other county was putting in. So, you know, it. it he's been unlucky, uh, certainly with with the way things have gone in the league. Um, you know, a lot of. Um, near misses. Um, I know the workload defeat was 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 very disappointing, and I'm sure Lenny himself is probably still trying to make sense of that 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 game. Um, but it's a freak result that probably won't happen again. Hopefully for a long, long time. But you know, sometimes in a match, if if you lose a goal or two early, a player's confidence can drop very quickly. Um, and you know, it it can happen from time to time. I've been on on the end of, you know, some defeats sometimes with Antrim where. You, you know early days it, it's not going well and, and, and the confidence stops with the players very quickly when they're in Division 4 and you know it, it can spiral and, and, and just you know getting out of control sometimes but um, you know it, it, I think Lenny probably feels that he's, he's gone as far as he can with the boys and, and just you know sometimes a fresh a fresh face coming in can, can, can lift players um, you know I think he's give everything he could ask Dave give and um as well as the backroom team and, and, and the squad. There's no doubt that them boys have worked hard this year and last year. Um so, you know, it's 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 disappointing um from Lenny's point of view. Um he deserved more out of out of his, his reign and um it's just unfortunate that, that it's it's come to an end. Um but I suppose it's 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 nice for him to have had the option to make that call himself. Um you know, and it's it's hard to know who uh who's the right man to step in from from Antrim perspective because, um, you know it's, you know again it's some people would see it as a poison chalice of a job. Um, so I don't envy anybody getting to take the reins as an Antrim manager. But, um, but at the same side, some people would look at it and say, well, you can't go any further down. So, you know, there there's not a lot of pressure on the role, but. I, I don't I don't take that view at all. I think there's pl- pressure on every every inter county manager these days, and um, I think you know, as soon as you're 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 not getting out of Division Four, you're you're pretty much seen as a failure, um, right away, and I'm sure that's the same pretty much for all counties in Division Four. So, um, it's a difficult one, and um, 
you know, hopefully whoever comes in can, can lift the players again. And hopefully this current bunch will stay together. I think there's there's good um I think there's good attitude with these guys and I think there's there's certainly something to build on. Um and hopefully whoever it is um can can take that role on and, and progress the team on. There's two semifinals on this weekend. It's Kevin Down and Donegal against Armagh. How far do you think those teams will go this year? So I think uh, Down will uh, eventually come through that that semi final. Um, although I don't believe <clears throat> they're going to go much further. Um, simply on the basis I think Donegal are just head and shoulders above everybody else in Ulster at the minute. Um, uh, again, Armagh are a team, an up and coming team. Um, you know I think they're going to get better, and and again, he's obviously doing a great job there with Armagh. Um, but I just I just at this point can't see how anybody's going to beat Donegal. Um, you know, I, I rate Donegal that highly that I think they're going to go very close to Sam this year. Um, they have a great work ethic. You know, there's so many quality players in there. Um, you know, and I I just feel that, that Donegal have been around now a few years, um, you know, up there competing with the big teams, whereas the, the, the likes of Armagh, Down, Cavins and that, are they're, they're competing in Divisions 2, 3, um, so the, you know the quality of opposition over a season does, I believe, have an impact on on who you, you know, how you go when you're competing against the big guns in the championship games. Um, so again, yeah, I think um, you know, I'm not saying Armagh won't put it up to Donegal, um, probably will do for for a certain part of the game, um, but I certainly feel Donegal have uh, too much far firepower and will come through by at least four or five points. Finally, you're a goalkeeper, um, and it feels like the goalkeeper position is ever more important. Or certainly, our columnists talk about them a lot. But I want you to know um, how you think the position has changed since you were a player. I think in, in terms of goalkeepers um, today in this age, um, I sort of feel sorry for keepers these days. Uh, I think there's a hell of a lot more expected of them. Um, although it, it seems to be that a lot of them are very capable of playing the role that's expected from their team. Um, you know, it's it's compared to when I was back playing county level. Um, you know, there was a transition going on. I suppose at the end of my career, um, where you know you were expected to sort of become a part of, of the the defensive team at least, and, and be an option. Um, as the ball was 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 filtering about the defence, and you know, as a get out clause as such. Whereas now it seems to be that um, so many goalkeepers these days are. You know, have played outfield or are playing outfield for their clubs, and therefore have that confidence, um, to get the ball and go out the pitch and, and be that link man if needs be. Um, I never played as an outfielder. I was always a goalkeeper, so I didn't ever build up that that sort of confidence or that um time in in, in a way too as an outfielder that to bring the ball out and, and and know how to beat men and 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 sort of be a link player. That was never part of my game and. It wasn't really expected, I suppose, of keepers back back in the day. Um, whereas now it's 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 just like if you're if you're not one of these guys that can um that can go out and, and, and play as an extra man, you're sort of you know you're not meeting all the criteria, so to speak. Uh, you know the free taking obviously is another one. Um, again, every keeper pretty much now is expected to be able to hit fifties and long range frees. Um, it's it's incredible how much it's changed and. You know, I, I do feel sorry in a way for a lot of keepers these days because they're constantly being analysed. And, you know, when you, you lift the local papers and the national papers, they're, they're analysed and, you know, with kick-out analysis. And, you know, a lot of time these guys have great kick-outs, but they could kick at 70 yards and the opposition could win it. And 
it, it can almost be a slight against the keeper. You know, if, if for example, he has um, a 55 or 60% kickout rate, it's, his kickouts could have been in general good, but um, and as far as his team winning it, uh, you know, that maybe hasn't worked in his favour. So, you know, it's 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 quite difficult for keepers these days. They're very much um, scrutinised in everything they do. And, um, you know, going with the old days of, of making a mistake uh, or dropping the ball in the net, you know. And, and, and you know, it, it's it's if you miss a free now, it's if you're not there as an extra man, you're, you're getting told off. So, um, yeah, I, I do feed for keepers in this day and age. The role is certainly more demanding um, than when I was playing. Um, you know, you had your pressures in, in a lot of respects when you went out in championship and you're playing in front of big crowds. But, you know, these guys now, as I say, they're, they're going to have to hit freeze and then if they're missing them, it's off. You know, your keeper's brutal or whatever. It's, you know, they're, they're not there just solely doing the job of a goalkeeper. Um, so, yeah, I, I do feel for them. And um, uh, it certainly has changed the role, uh, especially in the last sort of 10 10 sort of 12 years it's been massively changed and i think if you if you look at them um, you know there, there's great role models out there now the likes of Nile morgan uh rory began um guys like us even um uh, we're seeing now cabin keeper um coming out and, and you know a great link man great free taker as well so you know it's 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 part of the game now and um you know i think uh, going forward a lot of you know you, you could probably you could probably turn an outfielder into a decent goalkeeper now because as i say most of the role is about um your kickouts uh your 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 play as a link man and and to a lesser extent um being a shot stopper uh which is, is bizarre when you think of it that way but it does seem to be you know you're finding that teams are sometimes trying an outfielder in goals um because they feel they can give them more with with their 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 skills as a player as opposed to a goalkeeper so it's an interesting one, but um, certainly, certainly it has changed, and uh, I don't think I'd be wanting to play in today's game with with the demands on keepers. So um, yeah, probably got out of it the right time in fairness. Sean, thanks for taking apart. Thanks for your time. So that's our show for this week. Um, thanks for watching. Um, if you want to see more of these shows, they're all online, and I also encourage you to subscribe to the Gaelic Life at gaeliclife.com, where you can get. Great content every week. So thanks for watching and I'll see you again for the next episode.